welcome to another episode of the Melanated Files podcast. My name is Ranzel and the goal of this podcast is to engage in solution-driven discussions on the black experience across the globe. We are joined with, of course, every single time, the lovely Janique. Hi, everybody. Our co-host and today's topic, episode number six, is about what? Black people in tech. interesting interesting topic right so i'm 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 really excited about this uh this is something that uh yeah most people aren't really thinking about or some people aren't really thinking about this but it's something that we need we need to address and we have someone yeah a black person in tech that is going to be our guest today and uh he's going to come on within five minutes so we're going to give him a call and then he's, we're going to discuss this thing, the, the importance of this, of having more black people in tech, like really having diversity in tech. And I got this article. There's a few articles that I actually read and I saw one um, and I believe it's psych. Um, yeah, well, it's actually phys.org. And there's an article there that spoke about this at length and there's a i want to read a paragraph for you guys really really quickly it actually says the latest diversity report from twitter google and facebook say that less than five percent of the company's tech workers identify as black less than five percent in silicon valley as a whole blacks and hispanics make up between three percent and six percent of workers and women of color are one percent or less Right. There's another source that, that actually said the stat is actually 1% of the tech workers are black, 1% in Silicon Valley. And I believe it's like 56% are Caucasian and then it's like 40-something are Asian. And then it just, it just keeps going down, 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 down. And then this, uh, the next paragraph actually says... There are various reasons why the racial imbalance in tech continues to exist including negative stereotypes, insular networks, and roadblocks to getting venture capital. That's a big one um, that I've actually heard about. And studies suggest that black people in the industry are especially concerned. And there's something that I want to touch on before we even... What do you think about that, Jenny? What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not surprised um, because I have heard about this before, and but it's, it's definitely something um, worthwhile talking about just... And the reason why it's, it's important, um, I believe, is, of course, you guys know, to be in a power position, tech mm-hmm. is like the lead like industry right now. Like, yeah, yeah, If yeah. you're in tech, you guys know, you're watching me right now on YouTube. Some of you guys are listening to us right now on some form of podcast streaming platform. You guys understand the importance of tech. It runs the world. Yeah. Last week, we spoke about business. We, ba- we touched on business a little bit. We spoke about cryptocurrency. We spoke about blockchain. We spoke about certain things which are sick which are still tech related, but like today we want to really hone in on, um, what do you call it? On tech, black people in tech. It is, of course, it runs the world. Yeah. And let me just give you guys a quick scenario. A lot of people talk about censorship and, you know, whether it's YouTube or Facebook and other things like that. And as I just read this stat about less than 5%, less than 5% of tech workers in Silicon Valley are identify as black. Right. And when it comes on to identifying with the struggle of black people, when it comes on to understanding our plight, when it comes on to, you know, all these things and um, giving us a voice or allowing us to really express ourselves without trying to muffle us. It takes usually another black person to, to understand, mm-hmm. right, to empathize with our position. 
And if you're talking about we well, some of you guys may have seen the this this thing on uh, YouTube, not even YouTube, on Facebook, where uh, the YouTube employee, that's what they identify the guy as, right, uh, was racist video. toward this software engineer that was a black guy that was apparently trying to gain access to the building. But in actuality, the guy was trying to go there for his friend. Mm-hmm. He was waiting for his friend to show up. That was what he was doing. And the guy called the police. The white guy called the police on the black guy, right? Because he was just there waiting for his friend. And he works at YouTube. Mm. So sometimes I think about when we have an issue or mm-hmm. someone has an issue with maybe something in tech and you are relying on someone else who is not black. You're, sometimes you're wondering like, I wonder if these people are going to try to really um, address my issue or mm. they're the ones behind what's going on or whatever the case is. You understand right. what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it's like, yeah. you don't know because there's not, you don't have, have any representative within the company mm. because they, they're not black. They don't really, some of them don't really care about black people, whatever company it is. And it's like, if they're indifferent, some of them are. And you don't know, right? So we were talking about different industries that black people need to be in, yeah, right? And it's so important to have representation. It's so important. One of the main reasons is that these people understand. You understand? We don't have to try to articulate it in the best way possible or try to break it down and mm-hmm. dissect it and explain it and say, well, this is what's going on. And I've, and and and. Uh, we don't have to fight through this denial process of this is why we feel the way we feel. This is what we're experiencing. Yeah. And then there's like this wall that we try, we got to try to penetrate for them to first, you know, to have an idea of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's important. So I said all that just to say it's important to have more black people in tech. Right. Sure. And uh, so we're going to, we're going to get into, we're going to get the caller on the line. Cause you know what? I'm not the expert in this field, but we do have an expert in this field and we're, we're going to get him online. Uh, we're going to call, we're going to call him right now. And, uh, let me, let me just introduce him real quickly. So you guys have an idea of the person that's actually coming on, uh, his background, his credentials, etc., And he's going to, you know, weigh in on this, right? Weigh in on this. So let me just pull up his bio real quick because I want to, I want to go through the bio to make sure that I get all the details correct. That's right. <laughs> all right. So our guest today is, what's his name? Q Harrison. Q Harrison Terry. Oh, sorry. And I uh, got the last part. <laughs> that's okay. Q Harrison, Q Harrison Terry is a growth marketer at Mark Cuban Companies, a Dallas, Texas venture capital firm, where he advises and assists portfolio companies with their marketing strategies and objectives. Previously, he led marketing at Redox, focusing on lead acquisition, new user experience, events, and content marketing. Q. Harrison has been featured in Huffington Post, Economy, Coin Telegraph, Moby Health, News, MediCity News, and many more. As a speaker and moderator, Q. Harrison has presented at CES, SXSW, TEDx, um, Marquette University and the Open Data Science Conference, Q. Harrison is a three times recipient of LinkedIn's Top Voices in Techs in Technology Award. Sorry. His past work includes co founder of in- Inevitable Human, really, really cool name. I keep telling him that, <laughs> really cool name. Co founder of 23, um, I believe it's 2366, right? VIVI, uh, Roman numerals for 66, I believe. Serving as the marketing director for Redux and founder of VNM USA, an advertising agency specializing in marketing to millennials. So Q 
well, we call him Q, <laughs> but yeah. Q Harrison, like he has like an extensive resume and experience within this industry. And we're going to get him on the phone right now to really talk about uh, the importance of having more black faces or black people in tech and what his experience has actually been like working in this industry for a few years now. Um, so we're going to get into that and, and see what Q has to say about this and how we can maybe, maybe some of the problems, he can identify some of the problems yeah. with a shortage of black people within this industry and how we can move forward, how we can inspire other people to get interested. I'm like, it shouldn't be that hard mm -hmm. to get people interested in entering this industry. Like the, the STEM fields, uh, they're, well, it's said that there's not a lot of black people in it, actually. Yes. And I think that's where the stat is um, when it comes down to the 56% of uh, people in that field being white and then followed by Asians. And it keeps going down. Mm -hmm. um, but we're going to get into it. So I'm going to get Q on the phone. Yo, what up? Hello. Hello. Oh. <laughs> What's popping? Wait, wait, let me, let me, let me just... Uh, oh, let me... What's popping? <laughs> we're good. <laughs> okay, okay. So I did introduce you, Q, right? But I want Thanks. you to, of course, introduce yourself again. Tell us about who you are. All right. Yeah. So I'm QR Terry. I am a marketer, an entrepreneur, uh, a tech, I guess it's knowledgeist, I would say, per se, and just an overall creative, right? Like, I, I don't see myself as any of those one things solely. I see it as a combination or accumulation of all of that. And, man, I just like to make dope stuff with people around me, people like you all, people that I meet, um, we met in Japan, right? Like, yeah. that's just really how I like to just kind of like roll with it. It's just like, I'm a creative. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. We met in, uh, in Tokyo because you had a conference that you were speaking at, right? So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was fun. What is it like being on the other side, being a black person in tech? And do you think the absence of black people in that industry, it's like what, under 5%, do you think that has a a negative effect on the diaspora, if I want to put it that way. Uh, being you saying being a, a a black person in tech, yeah, like does that have a negative impact? No, 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 no. The absence of because it's a low percentage, right? So, what do you think about that? Like, what is it like? First of all, what is it like on the other side being a black person in tech, and why don't you think uh, there are more black people in tech? So, I think it's just the opportunities, right? Like in America. Being a, a, a free black man or woman is like it's a pretty notable thing. Right. And it's it's one of those things where we just got to experience that just a few generations ago. Like, I think my my grandparents were like the first like truly free, free, like they can get up and do what they wanted to do. And it wasn't really uh, inhibited by, you know, sharecropping or slavery or uh, not really having the, the resources. And it still wasn't like everything was fine and dandy, but just from a generational gap and just kind of getting your stuff together. Yeah. That was the first that was the first part. And so, you know, my grandparents, they're only like 90 or, you know, 80, 80 to 90 years old. Right. Yeah. That's not that long. Right. So when you when you have a running start, that's, you know, 80 years just in the past and you start off and, and, and you expect to see people um, come into an era, an era where, you know, the tech industry is 50 years, 50 to 60 years old. Right. Like think about, you know, the, the Apple computer Apple's like only a 30 year company, right? Yeah. Google's a 23 year old company. YouTube is only a what a 10 to 11 year old company. Uh, these timelines might be a little bit uh, a little bit off. So people correct me if I'm wrong there. But when you come back around and you look at it, 
you you start to see that they're the people that are dominating the tech sphere today they've just had you know more time to be in it and i think as time goes on we'll see more representation from people that look like us but in the 1950s we were worried about segregation and jim crow laws in america we weren't really worried about you know what the apple II computer would would look like just a few uh, decades after that yeah 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 so you don't think it has like because i was i was looking at this article and it seemed like some of the black people were worried about, uh, I guess, one of the reasons why they said that some black people, you know, aren't interested or uh, in the industry is because they're scared of uh, one is racism, uh, the work culture there. Uh, there's also a part that actually spoke about the fact that some black people are just uh, not interested, almost like they're standing in their own way. But what, what do you think the solution is? Though? Is there anything that you think we could do? to maybe get more people interested in the in, uh, in that industry? In the industry of tech? Yeah, getting into like the tech space. I think exposure, man. People need to see examples beyond like the representation that already exists, right? So like mm. if you are in tech today, the greatest thing you could possibly do, like beyond, you know, being great at whatever you're doing or, you know, really just being a, a, a all around performer on your team and just being a great vector in your org. Beyond that is being accessible and available within your communities as people already know and experience you. So whatever is natural, right? Like for, for, for Ronzo, like, you know, one of the things that is, you naturally do is you're naturally a vlogger, right? You naturally go to a ramen shop and you naturally say, yo, guys, check out. This is the best ramen in Tokyo, <laughs> right? Like people see that and they're like, oh, like this is the best ramen in Tokyo. I trust Ronzo. But I'm also kind of getting hit with this, this techie vibe here, right? Like, what is a live stream? What is streaming? Like, you're a pioneer of live streaming, right? Like, look at all the... the <laughs> Like Shibuya in, uh, what was it, uh, Halloween? Halloween in Shibuya? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like, you know, like, that's the thing, right? Like, that's that's what being a techie is, right? Like, uh, and I think that, like, we've looked at it from this, this, this weird lens of, like, if you're not a software engineer, you're not in tech. No, like, a company is this organization that needs to grow. How do companies grow? They grow through revenue. They grow through uh, getting consumers to love them and, and stick with them. They also grow through uh, just persistence, right? Making products that last, that stand the test of time. You wouldn't be a fan of Samsung if the phone, you know, only lasted for a, a year and a half. And then it was like, you're just forced to get a new phone, right? Mm -hmm. Samsung wouldn't be, they wouldn't be popping. Um, same thing with Apple. As a as a as a person within a company, whether you're black, you're white, you're Mexican, you're Korean, whatever you are, the thing that you have to do is you have to be you have to last in your position, so be good at it, and then represent in the ecosystem outside of your community, right? Like outside of your your actual day to day job community. Say like, hey, I'm a um, a technical engineer, or hey, I I work in I'm a marketer. I get the con. I get you know people familiar with this this new cutting edge emerging technologies such as uh, live streaming, such as uh, this is how you utilize the next uh, programming language, whether it be like Swift. Like Swift is always changing, and AR Kit. Those are like some of the new things and functionalities that you get on um, iOS and all that. Like people are are, are they, they they 
they don't know about these things. The techies do, but regular people don't. If techies just talk about the stuff that regular people don't know about but make it cool, you'll see a lot more people that don't look like techies get involved just because they're like, hey, I want to I want to get in on this. Like, think about uh, all the all the YouTubers that uh, started BookTube or like John Green and he would go on to go and, and, and invent VidCon. VidCon's huge worldwide, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. Like. VidCon did not start from a blogger that was like or from a vlogger that was a regular vlogger. It was not a celebrity that was like saying, hey, check out my day. It was not Casey Neistat. It was John Green. John Green is an author. BookTube, right? Like that's the type of people you need to bring into an ecosystem in order to have that diversity and really uh, start to see the change and growth that we're looking for today. Um, as related to black people or uh, just minorities in general in tech. So do, do you think uh, do you think we are suffering um, because we're not really represented in tech today as much as we feel like we should be? Like the lack of diversity in some of the companies, like maybe in Silicon Valley, do you think black people uh, suffer a little bit um, in terms of... <laughs> it's funny, where was I? Where was I? Uh, this might not even be relevant. Uh, <laughs> I think it might be an issue because I, I wasn't... I, I think I was in Curry or something where someone was actually really in an experience where they were ch- <laughs> they were trying to walk into one of these places with the automatic, like, uh, I think it was a door or something like that. Uh, and apparently there was some, I, 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 I'm I sure I, I read an article where some of these <laughs> um, sensors can't, <laughs> Recognize black. can't pick up black people because apparently black people oh. some people are too dark so like they, oh yeah they make it so it identifies people who are lighter so if you're a black person walking up to it it sees you as like an invisible person you, you're not even there so it doesn't respond to your blackness yeah. it's like 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 face recognition <laughs> stuff or like yes that, that um, yeah like, but, mm. but beyond so, that though like overall like do you think it's um there's a negative side of us not being represented in tech yeah, totally. That's a great example, like the machine learning uh, example that you, you just brought up. So the problem there was not that the tech wasn't good. It was just that the team that was working on the tech didn't think about all the other uh, skin types because that wasn't their normal day-to-day interaction, right? And so when they were training and testing the the algorithms that would you know dispense soap or that would open the door or that would turn on and off the lights for you, they were testing it against people that looked like them, people that they could think of in their minds. And like, you know, those are the people they were bringing in on the samples when they were saying, this is the beta. Like, does it work? Does it work? Does it work? And then like, you get this fair skinned person, they come in and they're like, yo, this don't work. And you're like, oh, it don't work? No, it works. Look, it works for me. And then the other person comes in and they're like, yo, it's not working for me. And like, you know, you, you start to, you have this, you, you start to see these articles where it's like Google Photos, uh, you know, recognize black people and, and thinks they're gorillas or you uh, see the uh, a lot. There was a there's a GAN, generative adversarial networks are better known as GANs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have like different things you can do, like face swapping. But, you know, it gets super complex where you can like generate a face. Um, the data set that they had trained that on had like very few black people in it. Why was that? They searched all of their images from celebrities. Right. And like TMZ and like, uh, you know, red carpet photos because they could get a lot of those photos and mine them. Well, guess what? There's not a lot of black people in Hollywood. 
when you start to do the numbers, right, there's not a lot of Latino people, especially when you start to look at women and you see how how the minorities are even even less represented in a, in a space like that. And so the, the algorithm didn't work out too well there. Um, I, I, I have a video on YouTube. If you just type in uh, is AI racist after this podcast, oh. you can find it. And uh, I, I go to that a little bit deeper. Okay, nice. Yeah, we should definitely uh, post a link in the, in the description so people can actually see it. And guys, as well, in the video description, you can find uh, Q's website, inevitablehuman.com. It's in the description. For those of you guys who are listening in podcast land, you can find the link in the show notes as well. So... I wanted to give so, you hold on, hold on. Before before you roll with it, so Floyd Holt, he's in the comments. Mm-hmm. He's talking about how blacks don't stick together in this industry. And he says, in fact, my experiences proves it opposite. Uh or he's saying it's the opposite. So I, I guess to to that point, because there's a lot of fodder in the comments on this, mm-hmm. I think that's a cultural thing, right? Like I think you have to look at it as as a multi-part equation right Mm -hmm. there are just cultural norms right like people oftentimes refer to that that psychology is the crabs in a bucket mentality where like Mm -hmm. they say like you know african americans don't want to see other african americans like succeed or or lift off and i would say that that's like not just that's not just only in the african american community yeah it's more prominent there because you you can look at it and there's a lot more calamities at, at overall that ensue right when you start to think about the incarceration rates, when you start to look at the pot, the the poverty rates, when you start to look at like just if, like they've had, we've had just as as uh, just as people in America, we've had a, a, a slow start. I and we've had a slow start even across. That's what I liked about Japan. It's like I came over to Japan, I took those weights off. Like mm. at, me as a black person in Japan, mm. I didn't have to deal with you know uh, two hundred years of slavery, uh, racism, antidotes everywhere I went. Right, like. When I walk in the store, they treated me as a human. Yeah. And that was that was a liberating experience. Ronzo, when we were in Shibuya in the store clowning on the uh live stream, yeah. they didn't say, yo, get that out of our store. They was like, yo, like what is this? What's people would stop and come and inter- and interact with us and try to, you know, see, say what's up on the live stream. You don't get that in America. You try to do something like that in, in, in America, just like you said when you were kicking off the podcast, they're gonna call the cops on you. <laughs> can you imagine it's uh, people just doing normal things and just trying to be a normal person not trying to do anything spectacular just like the guy visiting a friend right visiting a friend and because you're doing that which every single person does right you go by your friend's apartment or house and you're gonna go for a drink or you're gonna have a chat whatever the case is he's waiting for the person so he, because he doesn't have the key access like uh you know the key to get get into the apartment and here comes a guy with his son a youtube employee unfortunately and he's like, you know what? Why are you here? You're trespassing. Let me call the police on you. The son wasn't even like, daddy, no, what are you doing? His son, which was like, what, maybe five or six, who was like five or six, maybe, maybe seven. Maybe he's there and he's like, daddy, nah. The son was trying to like pull him away. Like, I don't like this. And the man called the police on the dude just because he's doing something that other humans do on a daily basis. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's uh, it's one of those things. I'm, I'm, I just feel my, my, my take on, on just tech overall and black people in tech is that we need to be in a power position, not just to lord over other people. That's not what I'm saying, but to have representation and people who can, uh, I guess, quote unquote, fight for us or, you know, like to have a voice. Yeah. 
whether it's mm-hmm, in the boardroom mm-hmm. or when someone is developing an app or some new form of some new piece of tech, whatever it is, to have someone there. And I, I think some people may have, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure I could find an article to to um you know, that would corroborate this, where it's like there might be a sense of imposter syndrome for some people. Mm-hmm. Right? If, oh, if totally. tech, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Like Oh, you said totally. Oh, I thought you said hold on. Okay, okay, no. okay. Yeah. So when you're there, you're like, snap, I'm the only black person in this 50 person, I don't know, like office or whatever the case is. And you're looking around and some of the people there might be looking at you like, what are you doing here? Yeah. You understand? And um, who was it? Uh, who was it? Um, His interview came out yesterday. Richard. He was talking about the fact that you could be smarter than someone. Uh, I think it was it was in Korea. So he's talking about you could be smarter than a Korean. And when you do something, they're so amazed because they don't expect it. They're like, what? What? <laughs> you, you understand? You're doing something that yeah. is nothing for normal, you, really. Normal. normal for, right? Normal. And because you're a black, they you shouldn't be able to do this. They have this expectation that you yeah. are, that you can't do certain things. Yeah. Yeah. They don't expect to see you operating in, in a certain level. That's very true. Yeah. I actually have, yeah, some, yeah. I actually have some questions er- for you, Q. Okay, oh, wait, we uh we have some questions in the comments. Yeah, go. Yeah, well, go well, in the comments, Steph Curry with the shot says, "I think there are often abstracted field in tech that a lot of black people would be interested in, but most people don't hear about, and that's human computer interaction." That's actually a very, very valid point. And for the people that don't know, human computer interaction is this whole concept of anything that a human does with a computer it's it, it falls in this category this this category so in the early days of, of hci or human computer interaction it was more simply as like how does a human interact with the keyboard and and then for the people that d- didn't know you know a computer didn't always have a mouse right and so then it became like how does the mouse interact like with the human and how does the pointer and all that stuff so they like there would be psychologists and engineers and all these people that would come in and just study this stuff human computer interaction has evolved in so many things today because we have societal norm, we have societal norms that have now basically been distilled upon us uh because of computers right so i the average human checks their phone like i think it's like 100 or 200 times a day i don't remember the exact quote but it's like some crazy number like that right and and like a kid today think about how different your life is just with the cell phone right imagine not having a cell phone and and being a, a teenager in in any part of the world um and 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 how do you interact with your fellow uh you know teenagers and things of that nature so human c- c- computer interaction is 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 so broad but then when you start to think about it just 10 to 15 years out human computer interaction is going to go even further because we're starting to connect computers to so many things that we just never even thought was possible. Like on Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday, mm-hmm. Elon Musk is going to announce uh, Neuralink and they're going to showcase the first brain computer interaction. What? Yeah, that's that's coming out on Tuesday. Okay. Uh, so like that's an interface now where you can control computers just solely with your brain, just by mere thought. We've, we've, wow. We saw with just being able to control a computer just by mere touch has done. It brought us the iPhone, the iPad, uh, the Samsung suite, the Google suite. Like touch is 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 changed even the way we drive cars. If you drive a Tesla, it's all touchscreen, right? And so it's one of those things where 
that is that if you are thinking about how computers and, and humans coexist in any part of the world, you are a technologist, you are a, rep a person that represents uh technologists and and your group of people doesn't matter if you're israeli it doesn't matter if you're black doesn't matter if you're african it doesn't matter if you're jamaican or you know uh korean it doesn't really matter what you are we need people from all over to represent themselves another great example of this and then we can we can jump back to our dialogue was uh google translate when i was in japan one thing that was like super uh phenomenal was i could go to a place like nakano right um, yes. That's not anywhere near the city, like per se, right? It's like a 25 minute, 35 minute. Really? It's like actually one stop from Shinjuku, from central Tokyo. So it's pretty close. It's not that far though. Okay. Okay. But it was so, well, so I was, yeah, okay. Yeah. So for Shinjuku, it was right there. But Nakano is starting to get away from the yeah. city, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're moving away. Yeah, yeah. Isolation. There was not a lot of English in Nakano for me, right? Whereas like Shinjuku, everything's in English andor, you know, Japanese. Uh, in Nakano, you know, people, they're not used to seeing foreigners like that. Like, if you're there, you probably are with someone that's local. I'm just exploring. I could use Google Translate and just really kind of navigate that city and figure it out. And I'm just holding up my phone, looking through the world. But one, I'm I'm, I'm interacting with the, the phone. So that's human-computer interaction. But the point I want to make here is there had to be somebody at Google that was Japanese that said, yo, that street sign does not mean stop. It means be aware. And then it would translate, you know, uh, it would say attention instead of stop, right? It would look like a stop sign to me, but it was not that. So or it would look like a reality then. Yeah, it was like augmented reality, but okay. someone had to translate that, right? So yeah. think about it. Like Google Translate, there has to be a Japanese person to say, yo, this word is correct. Or it, it translates into this in the English word, in, in the English language. And like, think about it. Somebody has to do the same thing for slang, right? When you listen to hip hop music and you want to put it on on your, your AirPods and you want to understand what's going on or, or trans the translation there, what like who's going to be your translator? Who's going to do that? Look at K-pop. <laughs> they, they, I mean, it's the, the same. This is they're saying the same stuff as the black people yeah. that's doing it in hip hop. Yeah. It's just that they're using their language. Yeah. That means they have to understand the 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 hip. They have to understand the hip hop. And so there's a lot of like representation, like the technologies, anything that's man made. And yeah, a lot of stuff that's uh, that we refer to as technology has electrons and ones and zeros behind it, mm -hmm. but. At the, the core precipice of, of just technology is anything that's man-made. And so black people in tech is just, what the hell are you making? Like, what are you representing? Yeah. Like, it's that simple. <laughs> we really want we really want um, to inspire some people to get in, in tech. It's I think it's extremely important from uh, tech as in, you know, creating apps and uh, starting companies. It's funny because I do have a friend as well. Uh, who is in tech? He actually is at the helm of this tech company um, in a developing country, and really, really innovative stuff. And even, and that's the thing to even Africa when it comes down to tech as well. Africa is actually is actually picking up the pace as well. But I, I really think we need more people, and even just 
one of the motivations behind even Melanated Files and just some of the things that we're doing is from my backstory growing up, looking for, for representation, looking for someone, a role model, right? Mm-hmm. Someone who was doing something that I aspired to do. At one point, like I was like really, really good with computers, like really, really good. Yeah. And I was encouraged to actually enter the field and become a computer engineer, but I actually segued into something else. But that's another story. So I'm like, I'm, I'm a lover of tech. Like I love tech. I, I really think I was looking for role models, right? And just like what Q said, like people need to see more representation to be inspired. Uh, sometimes you're looking at an industry, for instance, it's like what? One article said 1% mm-hmm. of, of uh, tech workers are black. Like in Silicon Valley, 1%. Like that's 1%. Yeah, that's low. One. And when people think about black people, usually they don't think about uh, someone that's, you know, in that type of space. So I'm saying sometimes we need we need representation. I was, you know, I was looking for every time I saw something that was or someone that looked inspirational or someone that was was doing something. Mm-hmm. It usually wasn't a black person. And I was wondering, I'm, I'm like, where are the black people at? You know, I'm trying to find a represent representative or a representation, someone that looked like me, and I couldn't find it. And that's why I think it's really, really important for um for there to be more black black people in tech, and not just in tech, but at the helm as well of some companies. And there are some. It's not like there aren't any, but I think we need to see more so people won't feel uh, like if they enter in, there's gonna be the feeling of imposter syndrome or maybe they shouldn't be too worried about racism and sometimes we we may stand in our own way right yeah. because we're saying no to ourselves before someone tells us no there's no transparency on like what is our communities and how do you support those those communities mm-hmm. and when you start to ask yourselves those questions like especially in america mm-hmm. that's a that's a tough question like mm-hmm. i don't know how to to buy only black stuff or you know um things that will keep the dollars that i've earned in uh, elsewhere in the communities that you know, my family or people that look like me reside in. And it's uh, it's one of those areas where I think technology actually can have a lot of impact, especially AI. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there needs to be more transparency, transparency related to black owned businesses. I think there needs to be more transparency related to e-commerce. Like how, how can you support, you know, entrepreneurs of color? Um, what do those stores and, and marketplaces and platforms look like? I think that those are the questions that the innovators of tomorrow will be asking themselves and having wonderful solutions for. So I look forward to it. I think that the change there is inevitable. And I think when you talk about technologies like a blockchain, mm-hmm. you know, that that's that makes a lot of sense to me. Right. Where it's like, you know, you you create a clearinghouse. Right. And you say these are the standards and everyone authorizes on a on a chain. So it's like a permission based chain. Everyone's there. And you say this is a minority owned business. It's legitimate. These are their web properties. You can shop on the ecosystem. And then like you won't have like these illegitimate, you know, people that are like kind of hiding behind you know, a black face and really running the business from the shadows kind of happened because that's that's what's happening right now. I want to look at a, a, a state like Illinois mm-hmm. and they they the government's mandated saying, hey, if there's a minority owned business, 
they're more likely to win the contracts, especially if it's if we're spending government money. And then what happens is, you know, you get, you know, people that aren't, you know, minorities to say, hey, we need some minorities and they put them in the fold and or they like start to forge their own documents and say, I'm like 12 percent native or I'm this and this. And it gets crazy. Right. Like and, and that's a real problem. So like, the the clearing of credentials is 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 really the problem, and then once you've built that some a solution for that, you can take that 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 platform, and you can go and and work with really much really anyone anyone you can interface with. Like, there's no reason why Amazon uh, couldn't clear or validate you know their marketplace to, or the fulfilled by or not the fulfilled by Amazon, but like the merchants on Amazon through that clearing house infrastructure, like. And that's just an idea, right? Like, I don't think that that's the best way forward. It's just a way forward and it's better than what we have today. There's so much. There's so much that needs to be done. And sometimes when I think about the work that's ahead, you know, you think about the work, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's like there's there's like so much. But as you said, rightfully so, in the beginning, you spoke about the fact that the like, for instance, the tech industry like this, what we're going through right now is quite new. Right. It's still new. So there's a lot, even though. Some people may have first mover advantage. You think about Google, right? Google was, uh, came in, uh, they created Google what, in 1998, right? And Google came about, that's what, 21, almost what, 21 years almost? Google has been around for almost 21 years. Wow, that's, that's crazy, right? And so that's not that long, even though they have the, <laughs> they came in and they took over. I think there's Alphabet, what is Alphabet Inc., right? I think they own so much right now in the just overall, like they have so much control, so much influence in the world. Uh, even, but Tesla is even new though. I think about Tesla. I'm thinking about Tesla because what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is that even though the industry or what we're seeing right now is kind of new, this, this new era of tech is really new, right? I, re- I remember when I had a cell phone that never had a camera on it. I remember <laughs> cell phones that had like green screens and like you could literally count the bits. <laughs> you could literally count the pixels, I should say, um, on the screen. I remember those days and, and we, we've and I'm not even that old. And we've so we've come a long way in a short period of time. So I really think that if we start um, encouraging more black people to get involved in tech, mm-hmm. whether it's to in all areas. You don't have to be a software engineer, right? But whatever area, just just get into that industry and forget imposter syndrome. Forget how people may treat you or whatever the, the case is. Just make sure you have the skill set, right? And the, the good thing is some of these companies like Google and Apple, some of these companies, you don't even need a degree. All you need to make sure that you have is the technical know-how. If you have the skill, that supersedes your degree. So if someone comes in and especially if you have a portfolio or you have some work that that you've actually done, something that you've done before, you can show them maybe like five apps that you've done or some ideas that you have. And they can look at your work and say, okay, this person has a skill. They may take you on board. So so those are some some things that for some black people might be an impediment. Like, well, I don't know if I'm qualified for this thing or not. Uh, How are they going to treat me? Uh, There's not many black people in these industries. But I think personally that we need more black people to enter these spaces and you can advance quite quite quickly. You know, wait, there's something I wanted to talk to you about, Q. Question, because I think you spoke about this at one point. Did you, I think when we were talking um, back in the day, it was something about venture, like like venture capital, like get, getting funding. What do you think mm-hmm. about that? Do you think do you think black people have a hard time when it comes down to getting funding uh, for some of the projects that they want to embark on? Is that a thing? 
Yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's a we could do a whole podcast on this, right? But to answer your question, the short answer is yes, we have a hard time getting funding and raising capital. Um, I think that it's a multifaceted problem. So I don't think it's a lack of talent, right? A lot of people say there's not a lot of deals or there's not a lot of cool things. <laughs> It's hard to see the cool stuff. There's a lot of noise, right? Like whenever you see venture funding and it's coming from, you know, an African-American, traditionally the media has painted it to be a beauty company, to be a a cosmetic company, to be a fashion company, to be a a CPG company. You don't hear too much about a B2B SaaS company from a black person Mm -hmm. or from a minority in, in general. You don't hear too much about an AI company from a, a minority, right? Like mm. uh, you do, you do on the Asian side, right? Like you know, Asia, y'all are killing, y'all killing us when it comes to AI. But we got to catch up. <laughs> but but when I think about the spectrum, the, the 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 stories are very much situated in the whole premise of African Americans minorities are good at starting companies that are not necessarily powered by the ones and zeros like Mm -hmm. they might implement an interface they might use you know instagram to move units they might use an algorithm to sell a product but they won't make the algorithm and i think that that's not true because a lot of these algorithms you know derive from open source properties right you're just you're just making your own flavor of something that was originally open sourced yeah and there are people that can do that. There are people that go about making their own things, but those people oftentimes create things that don't go on to raise funding because if you're a great creator and you know how to, you know, really mess with the kernel and, and, and make your own operating system or, or make your own, um, our algorithm related to you know some some stand, some some variant of, of of whatever flavor of AI you choose. I'm trying not to go too deep here, so I'm pulling myself back. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it, 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 it's really tough because those creators aren't the best communicators when it comes to telling a story that raises money, right? So if you want to raise money, you need to be a great storyteller. A lot of people have seen the documentaries on the Firefest. You can't tell me that Billy McFarlane wasn't a great communicator. He had an idea and he could communicate that idea in a way that a developer could understand it so they could build the non-existent Firefest app. But they could also – an investor could come and say, oh, Firefest, That's huge. Like I could see this. Kylie Jenner at a festival, some remote island. Like that's a story. You you could tell this yourself the story. And that story was in Billy's head at first, right? In Ja Rule's head, right? Mm-hmm. And so you need a communicator that can interface between the technology or the idea and the, the investment community, the people that have money. Um, Wait, is, knows it, that. Is, is, is that a Black people issue or that's an issue for anyone that's seeking funding? Well, it's a Black people issue because I think communication styles are again this could be its own podcast like when you think about what is a story what is storytelling african americans have their own variant of storytelling right mm-hmm. we are we are great at our own variants of storytelling whether that be telling a story from an athletic perspective so uh lebron james has a story his story just isn't you know it doesn't look anything like pixar or the lion king it looks like lebron james right yeah same thing goes for steph curry and the same thing goes for a, a lot of athletes 
musicians have stories. Kanye West has a story. Rihanna has a story. Beyonce has a story. They tell their stories. They just do it differently than, you know, their, 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 their white counterparts. You see that in athletics. You see that in music. You see it in fashion. You see it in uh, even technology, right? Name a black entrepreneur that is in tech. I probably can, but I work in the industry and I study this, right? Like, what? Are, I'm curious, Ronzo, who's notable from uh, from Japan? Who's a black entrepreneur? I can think of one in Japan, actually. There's a there's a SoftBank executive that's black. Mm-hmm. But you name one in the U.S. As it relates to black entrepreneurs, yeah, just like who's the who's the coldest black entrepreneur in tech? Uh, like from Japan? Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm just curious. Like, yeah, in from tech. your perspective, in Japan, yeah. In tech, uh, well, I, I know some some people, but not not necessarily tech, not necessarily tech, not that's necessarily that's tech. tech. In tech, oh, if a name that I could call to mind right now, a black person that's at the helm. Um, God, it's evading my mind now, but I think that maybe the problem. <laughs> I uh, but I, I know there's some, I know there's someone, a few in my mind, but I I can't call to mind any right now, uh, in tech specifically. Um, but there's a, that's a problem. Yeah, that's yeah, a problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, so that, that's, that, yeah, you're, you're addressing the real issue, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's like Ronzo, tell me three pop stars that are black. I can call. I can name twenty. <laughs> yeah, name me. Th- give me three. Um. Well, pop stars. You said. You said Beyonce just now. You said uh, Kanye. Yeah. You said uh, yeah. Jay Z. Rihanna. Okay. There you go. All right. Cool. Now give me uh give me three black athletes. Come on now, come on now. You're saying more. Just, just keep going. Just keep going. Yeah. You and Blake. <laughs> Warren, okay. Blake, they're all Jamaican. Sorry. Yeah. We're, we, we dominate yeah. Jack. Sorry. I got to just let, okay. let it out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now give me You're three really black business point. people. You're making a really valid point here. I'm not, I don't even want tech. Give me three black business people. Three. Um, what's his name? Richard Smith. Robert Smith. Robert, Robert Smith. Smith. Robert yeah. Smith, the Robert billionaire. Smith. Yeah. Eric Thomas. Shout out the Buena Vista Ventures for fun. <laughs> right. We got we got we got Eric Thomas as well as a uh, um Eric Thomas. Uh, there's, the well, there's motivation. Damon John and there's a, what's this, you know I want this guy name. Um, there's another guy who's you guys should check him out as well. He has his own shoe company now. Jason Maiden. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Jason uh, Maiden yeah, yeah, is like yeah, yeah. Re, like role model material, man. That man is like next level. Y'all need to check him out. Yeah. A-S-O-N-M-A-Y-D-E-N Jason Maiden. You can find him on Instagram and Twitter and all over the the, the internet. So to finish my point, I love what you just did there because you 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 exemplified the problem and and it was a real live case study, something I couldn't control. Yeah, you did give me three business people that were black, right? Yeah, and they were very different. Robert Smith is a black billionaire, actually the richest African American person on the planet. Um, you have uh, uh, Eric Thomas, a motivational speaker. He literally gets paid to sling words. He, yeah. he inspires people. He paints these vivid stories that are eviscerating, that get people motivated. Doesn't matter if you're white, black, Jamaican, uh, or uh, like Caribbean. I mean, well, I keep saying the same thing. It doesn't matter your ethnicity, right? Like mm. it, Eric Thomas gets you going, gets you motivated. And then Jason, Jason's so dope because he's out of this world. Yes. Jason's like showing you what it means to be an entrepreneur that's African-American and a designer and a creative all in one and like being empowered by technology to get your thoughts and visions out there. Yes. We didn't ever had that. Mm-hmm. Like when you come into this space, that's that's what black entrepreneurship looks like. That's what black business people look like. And uh, the, 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 the thing is, is like, you know, corporate America, venture America, they don't really know. 
know how to respond to that. They see it. They acknowledge it. Robert Smith worked in the Valley for, I think it was like five to six years. He was like the first uh, Silicon Valley VC ever. That's how he he, he stumbled into uh, and really worked hard for his, his billion dollars is Robert was in an area that nobody wanted to touch. It was a black dude out of fun. And they were like, oh, you want to look at Silicon Valley? Everybody else was on Wall Street. And then guess what? Silicon Valley was was amazing. Silicon Valley has produced some of the, the craziest funds. Look at Andreessen Horowitz. Like, look at uh, look at look at look at what SoftBank from Japan is doing in Silicon Valley with their Vision Fund. Right? You look at it, and you see that like Robert was in 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 technology, not probably because he wanted to be. It was because that's where he could get you know acknowledged. And and, and 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 he was there first. So you talk about the first mover's advantage earlier. Mm-hmm. That that's what first mover's advantage grants you. And you know, because of that, he's one of the the, the he owns I think his 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 uh venture owns the most software technology companies uh of any other like hedge fund. They like just buy software companies like like it's nothing. Isn't like, this company own- wasn't it him that was I think his hedge fund is number one or something like that? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah. like that in the world, I think. I think I, I watched an interview. It, it's, I think Bridge, Bridgewater's the number one hedge fund in the world, I believe. But Robert's right up there. He's in the top five for sure when it comes to certain investments. And, okay. And, and, okay. And there's like, something about you know, him that, there's, no, there's something about him like I, that's number one. I can't remember what it was, but I'll look it up. It might not be the hedge fund, but there's something. I can't remember what it – like his firm is like number one in some aspect. I can't remember what it was, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's a black yeah. guy too, so – yeah, he's black, the richest black man on the planet. Right, so that's and, he, and he's paying for and he's paying and he's showing away. Like it's Vista Equity Partners for people that want to look it up. Like Vista Equity Partners is a really solid story, and you know they've got over forty six billion dollars in cumulative capital commitments, and they they own over fifty software companies and employ over sixty thousand employees worldwide. Wow. Like that's baller. Right. And on top of that, that that cat is paying for for people right. to just be debt free right. in America. Yeah. Like that's liberation. Don't worry about your college debt. Go out there and figure out what you're going to be best in the world at and change the world. So Robert is a great example. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. And I, I, I th- mm-hmm. sorry, continue. I was, I was gonna say, and, and I mean, like the thing is, is like the, the the internet is so powerful that the cast that win in the next fifteen to twenty years, yeah. they're gonna do it even bigger and better than Robert because Robert had to go through probably tremendous amounts of glass ceilings and and break down a lot of uh, infrastructures that were trying that were that were built around him to kind of contain him, right? Like he's a beast. Like think about all the stuff that you don't read about that you don't hear about it. That man's like a man in the shadows. He doesn't do PR kits like Gary Vaynerchuk. Not knocking Gary, but you, I don't think you can be Robert Smith by being Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. In- interesting. Like, look at how 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 much of a struggle Kanye West struggled to do a billion in revenue. He just cleared that this year. Yeezy is projected to do one point three billion dollars. He's on the cover of Forbes uh, for this this month in America. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's Kanye West. <laughs> Kanye's been an entertainer for 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 just as long as Google. A minute. That's 21 years. Kanye's been gay for 21 years. Mm. Hmm. He's just crossing a billion in revenue. Google did a billion revenue win. Someone tell me how much 
How much? How much money did Google do? But, but no, it's kind of different. It's it's almost like apples and oranges, right? To try to compare those two, still. How is it though? Like Yeezy, Yeezy built something that people find value and and delight from, and 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 there's a lot of people that you know see Yeezys as an expression of themselves. Oh, you're right? talking. Were you talking about the shoes, or you're talking about Kanye yeah, himself? Shoe. No, yo, Kanye, his shoes, his shoe company, Yeezy. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. But, but still, yeah, like, I mean, but in, it's not still, a tech a, company. Well, yeah, I know, but in a sense, like for me, for instance, I would see like, um, let me not even get into the shoes itself because I'm like, ah, well, let me not give my take on just that. But I feel like when it comes down to a needs needs based business, I feel like Google, like there's, it serves like a greater purpose, and I think more people would gravitate towards that versus a shoe, right? Because you could choose, yeah, you could just wear any shoes. Let, so I think. Let me take you back 21 years. You know, Google was the 19th search engine to to actually hit the speed. Nobody wanted to rock with Google when it first came out. Mm. Google had to stay. They had they had to scrape the bottom of the barrel in a garage for years. People thought Google was trash. I remember it. Alta Vista was popping. MSN Online was popping. Mm. Yahoo was rocking. Yahoo was dominating it. Mm. Like Yahoo was like paying cats off. They were like, "Are oh, you a search engine? That's trash. Here, here, here here's some money. Here, here's here's a couple hundred mil. We're going to buy you off the market cuz you just you just clear you just cluttering up the runway. Mm. Where's Yahoo at today? Well. And you talk about I, I think if information is a necessity. Yes, right? Like I think that information for until Google came on the, on the scene, information was was charged for. People like that's that's what held people back, right? Is you couldn't get the answers that you I, seek. I, I remember going to the library and taking up um, what's it called, um, Encyclopedia Britannica, right? I remember exactly. those weekends where you had all the books, like like five, yeah. six books. Yeah, and you're I, like, do and, research. And, and the poor kids <laughs> always had the the the, the, the earlier volumes, like the latest volume, would be like the seventh edition. But right, right, in right. my neighborhood, we only had the third edition. I'm feeling nostalgic as I see this person write Ask Jeeves. I remember asking Jeeves a lot of questions when I was a kid. There's like dog pile. Yeah. Was, dog, was it dog pile? There's dog yeah, pile. Dog too. pile. There's yeah. so many. I, I remember like way back when I was doing WAP. Do you know WAP? Like when we were making yeah. mobile websites. I was making yeah, yeah, mobile yeah. websites. I was in, anyways, let me not even get like, I was like deep <laughs> like back then, man. So, like it's, so it's the, point of, the point I'm trying to make is yeah. like you have Yeezys, right? Yeah. Yeezys are, a nece- I think clothing is a necessity. That's on uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Clothing but, is but actually. I don't think you can compare. Uh, though. I don't. I don't know if we can compare Google and Yeezy though. I, I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm not. I, I think that for a direct comparison, yeah. you're. You're 100 correct. They are. They're not comparable. But yeah. I think that's the mentality that we have to break. Right? Is technology is anything that's man-made, man? Right? And and shoes are technology. The Yeezy Boost. The Yeezy. The 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 Air Yeezy Twos. Like what Ye- what Kanye is though? doing. But it's the need though. I'm looking at the need. I'm talking about just the, the, the just a market. Like, you wear shoes. I you do. Wear shoes? I do. But I'm saying. But that's not the thing. I'm, I'm saying. But look. If, <laughs> so for so you, if you if you don't need shoes, would you walk around Shibuya shoelace? No. But I'm sorry. Right. No, I see what you're saying. Right. But, I'm, but I'm like, there's so many other. Well, let me not even get into just the, the different type of shoes that you have. But I'm saying, if I should look at a shoe right now, right? And I'm like, you know, I need to research something. I need to find some information right now. I'm like, you know what? I would forego the shoes. 
easily like just those shoes in particular and go on google because there's so much i can learn on google so much i can actually do and i think it's more valuable in that sense so if i should start up if if i was looking at starting a business i wouldn't go for yeezys as beautiful uh, well i don't know it's not my type of shoes but if if i if i should say let me know let me get a shoes whether it's yeezy or start a shoe company or a tech company in like google for instance i would go for google because i feel like all right would, so i mean i mean I'm gonna rock with you, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you. Just I'm gonna inform you real fast. I'm gonna cut you off. I'm gonna Kanye you real quick. Okay. Remember, Yeezy is a, a derivative of Donda. Donda was Kanye's like uh, like in 2013 when Kanye when Kanye announced that he was creating Donda, right? Mm-hmm. And Donda was this this instrument, and Kanye had all these tech ideas. He had these clothing ideas, and he was asking people for money. This is when he was doing those rants wait, wait, on top. So, wait, so, so Donda is was a tech company in in terms of is it or was it a fashion company? No, so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a Kanye. I don't know what Kanye would call it. I don't know the definition, but the okay. the manifesto was it was a continuation of Steve Jobs's uh, journey. That's what those are Kanye's words, right? Okay. And it, I'm gonna back this up. Kanye owns the patents to the seven screen experience when it relates to movies. So when you go see a movie and you see they started, they've started to use multiple. Yeah, they do this in Japan, really heavy. You know how they had those multiple screens all around you. Oh, you're talking about um, okay, like VR type. Wait, is it VR? not not the v, not the VR type? Um, In the theaters, like movie, like a theater, like movie experience, movie. Experience. Yeah, so they have the set. Yeah, so Yeezy created this seven screen experience, patented it, tried to take it to Disney, tried to have them roll it out, tried to like you know get all this traction, and what they do to that man. They told that man he he's not he's not in the movie industry. He's not an inter, he's an entertainer. Just be an entertainer, oh, wow. right? He tried to bring leather jogging pants to the world. Like this is this is notable. I'm using his quotes now, right? He tried to bring that to the world uh, in twenty in, in twenty uh, in 2007. In 2013, you remember when Cass was running around in leather jogging pants? They still doing that in Asia. You know them shiny suits. Wait, wait, wait. What? what? Le- that, yeah, what? yeah. You- yeah, the leather jogging pants, the leather backpacks, the MCM. You see it in Japan all the time. I don't know. I run a lot, but I, I don't remember. I don't. I can't. I can't recall I, I seeing that, that on the past. That, I miss that trend. Oh, y'all miss that trend. I don't. I don't uh, okay. remember seeing yeah. that. Oh, but. look at what the man's done with music. Look at what he's done with production. Like the man is like he is multifaceted, and he's even. And I think that the problem here is like when you don't. It's the storytelling. It goes back to storytelling. Mm. If Billy McFarlane can tell a story, and we all agree that Firefest is a tech company, right? Because they had an app, yeah. But they're they're selling live tickets. Like that's a tech company. No, you can't tell me Yeezy is not a tech company. They got an app, so I can stand in. So I don't have to stand in line. And I can get the sneakers. You know what? So we're, okay. We're, so okay. We're going so, into so, the te- so, so technically speaking, okay. Look, okay. I'm not look. I'm not knocking Kanye at all. I'm not knocking that. I'm not looking at um, uh, Kanye as a black person or a Google as like a white owned company, so called. I'm not looking at. I'm not. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not looking at the fact that Kanye hasn't done anything. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like for instance, if I should maybe invest in something or start something, it has to be something that can give people real value. Right, I mm. it, it's really hard for me, even though I love entertainment and I love all these things and I love fashion as well, because like we did that. Um, but it's like I feel like if I'm gonna do something, it has to be something that really helps people. Uh, so so that I'm like, okay, I'm do what Google does, I believe, really really helps. 
I'm just talking about Yeezy per se. Like, if if I'm trying to, I think like, Yeezy helps. I think Yeezy helps in the representation standpoint, okay. right? Like, there's yeah. no, well, like, the, well, it does. But I'm like, if I want to cover my 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 foot or my feet, I'm not gonna buy Yeezy. I'm sorry. Like, I'm like my no, shoes. That's are fine. Like, you don't. <laughs> I, I don't think that shoes Yeezy, I have are running shoes. Like shoes for running because I run a lot. But that I'm not gonna spend. <laughs> that I'm winning in shoes. If I want to help people, and then that's, that's not a way to do That's it. the point. That's not the point. Like, Yeezy doesn't have to be for everybody, right? There's a bunch of kids in Japan that will go on Hypebeast forums and buy all the Yeezys yeah, so that you don't have to buy them. But the point is, is like, there's a representation. Like, name one other black shoe designer before Virgil Abloh and Kanye West. Who, who, who are the black shoe cobblers? Were black people even allowed that? Hmm. Like, I couldn't name one, right? But now I can say they're like Michael Jordan didn't even design his shoes. Kanye's coming out here busting out the designs. Kanye's sketching the, the shoes. Mm-hmm. And even like, Jason as well. So Jason made it, he's just, he's doing the same thing as well, right? Not exactly. Uh, okay, I, there I, you go. Jason. Yeah, not yeah. at that level as Kanye, but he is, of course, because he worked with Nike for a while and then now he has his own shoe. Nice. Right? But if so. there were no but if there was no Virgil, there was no uh no Kanye West. There was no call can I you wouldn't have the ecosystem for that to happen. Jason, that's why I think Jason is empowered by tech, right? Yeah. What took Kanye 10 years to make happen, what took Virgil 12 years to make happen, what took Carl Kanai 30 years to make happen, takes Jason uh six months in an Instagram account. Indeed. Indeed. And so and so that's the thing, is like those barriers, those those cages that like are, are built to kind of you know slow certain parts of the populations down you can bust through those at a rate but the storytelling needs to happen and the storytelling needs to happen from a point of representation we have to represent ourselves and we have to be ourselves and we have to not be afraid to conform or i mean not to be not to we do we can't be afraid when it comes to just being yourself and you shouldn't conform to other people's expectations of yourself when doing your your job right like if your job is if you're a black software engineer, be a black person, but then also be a great software engineer. Yeah, Don't just be like uh, the, the person that walks in the office and is like, I'm not going to bother anybody. I'm not going to do anything. Like, I don't want to like, I just want to be a ghost because if you're a ghost, you don't solve anything. Yeah. Like, yeah, you get a paycheck. Yeah. You busting down for your family. Like, yeah, you, you provide. So make some noise, like, right? Make some noise. <laughs> you know what? And everyone doesn't have to make noise. Just tell a story. Like, tell something that's worth that's, that's worth what, hearing. That, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean by make some noise. You know, like, like, yeah, like that tell your story. I'm here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, like, what's up? Like, what's up, little dude? Where you at? What's up, little shoddy? Where you at? Like, do that. <laughs> and in the and because that's what Jason did, right? You know about Jason and you're all the way in Japan because Jason showed up in your timeline and he showed out. Yeah, well, I've I've spoken to Jason, man. Trust me, like, dude is like he even reached back out. Yeah. He reached back out to you. Yeah, dude, dude. you're in Japan. <laughs> yeah, true, 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 true. You you know what? Um let me, because we're going to try to wrap up. Like, honestly, this podcast is going for a while because this is some really good stuff. Yeah. Um, and this is something I love, like, a lot. So it's like I could talk about this for a while. So I want to, so I want to cover two things before we end, right? Because um, I don't want it to be too long. Tell me about your experience in the tech space. Like, what has that been like? Yeah. Um, being a black person in tech, like, is there anything that you've encountered that you think we could do better or things that you may have faced that might not be so positive? Like, let us in a little bit. Like, give us some information that we wouldn't have otherwise. Um, yeah, if I'm honest with you, man. Yeah. This is this is interesting because I've got a, a lot of perspectives now, right? So I was a founder, started yeah. a, a tech company. 
I was an employee. I was I was worked in an organization of a massive tech company, and I've also now been been on the investor side, right? So I'm looking at you know what is it what does it mean to invest in tech companies? Yes. And there's a couple things that stay constant through all three of those those iterations of my life. The one thing that I would say I wish I knew from the jump is the persistence, bro. Like half of these cats that y'all read about in Forbes that y'all see on on your TV screens, your timelines, the only reason they popping is because they stay motivated. Mm. I'm talking about like it's not about the first mover's advantage. It's really the first to stay motivated. Google, again, is a great example here. Google was the 19th search engine that popped off. They're one of the largest companies today, but they were the 19th search engine, right? They stayed motivated. When Cats was slaying all their competitors left and right, when Microsoft looked like it was going to dominate the internet, when Yahoo came in and was buying Cats out for billions of dollars, Google stayed motivated. A couple kids from Stanford, like a couple kids from Stanford, all they had was a garage. And it was like all you could eat out of a, a refrigerator, right? Like like the, the Google story is interesting, but it was like they stayed motivated. They stayed motivated. And guess what? It paid off. You see Kanye, great example. He stayed motivated. That man was trying to design shoes in 2004, right? Like he was getting like the bylines of shoe designs. He stayed motivated. Yes. 2019, he owns a, a, a shoe company with hundreds of shoes uh, or models, different SKUs, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and that's that's impressive, right? I mean, even Jason, right? I'm sure Jason had his own adversity. Robert Smith had his own adversities. But if you want to say what's constant, doesn't matter where you are right now. If you've got an idea, you want to push forward. What you got to do is you just got to like like stay motivated, stay stay open to the fact that you might change. But as long as you're passionate for whatever you're doing doesn't you'll probably end up in some type of success and that success doesn't have to be defined by forbes doesn't have to be defined by instagram doesn't even have to be defined by half of these blogs that are writing about black people in tech because to be honest they probably wouldn't be able to give you a, a definition that's worthwhile anyway of what black people in tech look like they're just doing it for headline porn right they're just trying to get some clicks bro they're trying to pay their bills yeah. uh, that's not success. Success is whatever whatever you define it is. For some people, it's equity and ownership. For other people, it's money in a bank. For other people, you know, it's, it's the ability to leave a legacy and, and really, like, walk away from something that's everlasting beyond oneself. And that's like the, the – if I had to just give one person one jewel out of all my experiences, that's the jewel that I would say is, like, rock with whatever you're doing, but stay motivated. Because if you, you put in the time – Bruh, like it's gonna come back to you and you're gonna be you're gonna be you're gonna be feeling great. And it's gonna burn and it's gonna hurt the first couple years, first couple yeah. weeks, first couple days. But after a point, Ronzo, uh, 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 you started this channel in 2017. It's starting to finally pop off in 2019. That's three years. <laughs> well, technically, like maybe two, closer to, yeah. But yeah. But yeah, no, no, no. Like there's one thing I subscribe to overall, even what with what you just said. And it's you have to outlast the struggle. And I keep talking about this. It's a lot of people don't understand the importance of the process and persistence, as you said, and determination in every single success story at any level. That's one thing that remains true. The person was persistent. They were consistent. They fell down. They got back up. They ran through all the obstacles and they kept true to what they were trying to do until 
key word. So what you're saying right there, I believe that 100% and that's my take on anything that I want to do is there is a, there's a period of time where you're going to struggle like crazy. There's a period of time where you won't be able to do what you want to do. It's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. And you gotta you gotta outlast that. And a lot yes. of people stop there because it's just way too difficult, way too challenging. And the things you don't even know if what you're doing is gonna work. And that's the thing, the uncertainty itself like kills a lot of people. They're like, man, I can't do this. I'm doing this for five years, mm-hmm. three years, what's going on? Mm-hmm. But that's why when I tell people anything that you're gonna do, you have to love it. It has to be something that you're not trying to follow someone else, you're not being a copycat, but you believe that this is something that you were given to do and you're gonna do it no matter what. Mm-hmm. That is the motivation that you need. And even when you have that, it's still gonna be hard. Yeah. So imagine you need that added like fuel or, or adrenaline to keep you going when you're doing it. The passion is that thing, the added fuel fuel that you need to push you over that hump. Because trust me, it's there. And it's really hard totally. to, to to go over that. So 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 definitely, but so, but let, oh wait, you wanna say something? Because I wanted to bring yeah, the question. I wanna, I wanna, I want to build off of that and then and then I'll take your last question. Okay. Yes to everything you just said. And I think for the people that's listening or the people that will listen, mm-hmm. one thing that might not click is if I were like 16, 17, 18 and just starting or even if I were just like, you know, uh, a mid-career entrepreneur. So I, I've worked at corporate my whole life and I'm trying to get in this entrepreneurship thing where I'm trying to build my own brand and do my own thing. Mm-hmm. The hardest part is where to start. To be honest, right? Like, I see. where the hell do you start? And I think the, the 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 an answer to this question it won't stand the test of time because these ideas are if you're starting right now or somewhere near this is look at some of the emerging trends, the emerging technologies, the emerging things that no one really has the great answer to. Mm-hmm. If you can do that and you can show up consistently day in and day out, you can become an expert. Like you don't have to start off an expert. People will pay attention to you and rock with you and learn alongside you. All you got to do is know a little bit more than the person that's trying to find that information. And you know who will help you uh, and that person find that information? Google. Google will help both of you. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Google needs to cut me a check, to be honest. Like I I know this story. I should be a brand ambassador for Google, man. Like Google, cut me a check, yo. (laughs) What's up? You know, as you said that there's a there's a thing online that you can actually Google to find um uh, some of the the world's biggest problems. I think there's a list. I can't remember. Oh. It's like ten or twenty. Um, I think there's a list that that's out there that problems that if you solve them, you would immediately become a billionaire. It's like so. There's a list online. So some of you guys who are watching or listening, you can go and look it up, and you can find problems that you want to solve. Maybe something that you might be, you know, want, something that you might be interested interested in, and you can maybe say, okay, you know what, I want to tackle this or that, and and see what can happen. That, right? That's too. That's too daunting. I think that's too daunting. Too daunting. Right? Like, I, yeah, like, I mean, okay, so, so if I was starting, that's like asking a kid to run a marathon and they just learned how to walk, right? Like, oh, okay, okay, I, okay. Say, I, I think, it, I think too yeah. big. Well, I, you know, I, it, actually, no, I don't. I not, think it's not, a good thing. No, not knocking you. Like, yeah, like, think that big because you're going to fail and you're going to, you're going to keep trying. You're going to keep trying and you're going to solve some crazy big idea. But if I'm just starting, I'm 18, 16, 17, whatever, yeah. I'd say, oh, there's this new um, Amazon Echo device, right? Mm-hmm. Let me learn how to use that. Oh, there's this new company called SoftBank and they released this robot. Let me tell people about that. Like you're in Japan, bro. One thing I haven't seen from you is like y'all got some of the craziest human and computer interaction interfaces to ever exist. To go deep technology while you're live streaming, you just pop up in a henna hotel. Show people what that really is from Ron's <laughs> point of view. Right? Okay, okay, like okay. that would be that would be mind-blowing to a kid in Africa that's like, wait, what? Like, wait, what? 
Like I know, I know. but you, you you just dropped me that article, the Anna Hotel thing. It's pretty. It's pretty sick, that's, though. It's pretty cool. You know what? Maybe we may even do that on the live stream. Um, oh, we can't even do tomorrow. Maybe I'll do today. I don't know. But let's see what happens. But that's yeah, interesting. You see, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's like that's you. You're learning about it because you don't know anything about a henna hotel, right? I'm yeah. not gonna tell the people because you'll probably go and, and do it. And I want to see that video myself. We're gonna learn what a henna hotel is alongside Ronzo. And 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 check check this out. Five months later, when someone is saying henna hotels in Japan, whose video is going to pop up? Right. I see what you're saying. Who's Who's video? Well, the whoever does the video or the people that do it, right? Because it'd be a a list. It's going to be you. It's going to be your video when you do the video. It's going to be your video, right? And then people find that video, and the the perpetual loop continues. Indeed. And, And that's. That's the world that we live in. If you stay, you stay consistent with that. You know, the right person is gonna link up with you, and y'all are gonna do the right thing. But I know you got one question left, and we're trying to get out of here. So I'm gonna, I'll, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was looking. I was like, man, one hour, but we, this was a, a really, really good, good. Um, good, really, really good discussion. It's like the editing afterwards. I'm like, oh, so much work. But, um, but yeah, you never touched on this this part, which was about being a black person in tech though do you, how do you feel in that space do you feel did you experience imposter syndrome or to, what's your what's your technique if you didn't what strategies did you employ to you know to navigate that space and you're still to my understanding space. there's never a day where i felt like i was good enough like that that like imposter syndrome is something that's super real and i don't have a magic bullet to that like even today I feel like I could have said something better or not. I mean, not in this podcast, but when I think about my work day, right, it's like I could have said that smoother. I could have been better here. I could have had a a broader idea. Like you never feel good enough. Like at least I haven't yet. And I'd be curious to meet someone that does. And the world changes so fast. Even the people that do feel good enough, they're probably dinosaurs in like two weeks. So you don't want to feel good enough. Right. Um, What you you want to do, though, is you want to never stop learning and you, you want to be open to understanding the fact that like you're never going to know everything related to your job or your career and that's okay it's the the fact that you know something and that something is uniquely positioned from your point of view that's all that matters right like that's what makes you unique that what makes your voice heard right Mm -hmm. it's like no one saw what you saw, how you saw it from the angle you saw it at. And so when you articulate what you saw or what you experienced or what you feel, that's a that, that's that's the point that like people then kind of say, oh, like I didn't know the color blue uh, made you feel certain, such a way, a certain type of way. So maybe we should change the brand, the brand guy. Or I didn't know that like, you know, this number was so astronomical to 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 the success of your company uh, let's get you that number because it's actually not a big number for us. And if that can make you succeed, voila, you have to share those experiences, man. Right? Like, you know, $75,000 isn't a lot of money to, uh, Google. No, it's not a lot of money to Facebook, but to a person that's just starting a business, that's a significant amount of cash. It can have life-changing impacts on that. Right. There was a point in time where Mark Zuckerberg really needed $75,000 when starting Facebook. Right. He's just beyond that time. But that perspective of like what it means to, you know, hustle and and build out of your garage, like, bro, like that our unique experiences is what makes up 
the 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 macrocosm that we all kind of exist in that's known as planet earth mm-hmm. to answer your to fully answer your question me as a black person in, in tech i mean bro you deal with the you deal with like the the you deal with the i don't even know like the societal pressures to do certain things because you're black mm-hmm. you deal with like the stigmas you deal with all this stuff but I don't let that stuff define me. I, I have fun with it. And I just kind of be who I am. And, yeah. you know, maybe that that limits my growth. Maybe that that prohibits me from, you know, walking in certain rooms. But at the end of the day, it keeps my sanity. And I have to do that because that's what keeps me happy. And that's what keeps me uh, creating the experiences that I like to create. Um, I know we got to we got to we got to link the link up and do this again. Um, yes. This was fun. Yeah, uh, actually, I more than happy. I was really interested to hear um, a little bit more of your background and just the process of just shifting from all the different um, the different levels of this industry that you've entered into. So definitely, I would love to do it. He- yeah, yeah, hear more, even just for the practice for the practicality of it, for people just to hear the depths of your story, you know, and maybe learn a thing or two um, um, from just from your experience and how they can even get started as you said getting started is one of the hardest things like you know after studying in school like how did you or like i'm not even sure when you started before maybe it was before you finished school you know what i mean so just to kind of your backstory um and a little bit more about like where you're coming from for sure we'd love to have you back on to talk about that yeah we gotta talk we gotta talk about the uh, billboard resume yeah. yeah 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 we got it <laughs> um, yeah we got to talk about that yeah no definitely man this was a lot of fun I, I think some people you know got got something from it i think i got something from it um i feel even more motivated um and and, and tech is a space that i really those of you guys who are watching um you know it's, it's something to look into right some people might may feel like they might be too old i don't think you're ever too old for anything as long as you're still living it means that there's something to be done and you can do something that's what i think personally uh so we hope someone was inspired and this black people in tech uh episode will continue we're going to be going even deeper with this or we're going to continue the conversation, mm-hmm. right? And I hope that you guys who are watching as well will, you know, have these conversations, start thinking about it, start looking at the statistics, like do some research on black people in tech and see, you know, like who is who in tech and maybe some of the problems and maybe you guys can maybe find a way to solve some of the issues that black people are facing. And the truth of the matter is you could come up with something. Right, just like you, uh, um, Q spoke about Mark Zuckerberg, right? And I remember even uh, what's his name, um, Sergey, uh, Sergey, I'm sorry, right, Sergey, 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 and what's the other guy? Sergey Brin, yes, Larry Page and Sergey Brin, those two, uh, co founder, co founders of Google, working out of their garage, and they they did that was the beginning, but now, of course, Google is like world known, it's like one of the biggest companies in the world. There's a book as well that I think some of you guys may find uh interesting, and it's called The Power of Broke by Damon John. Really, really good book, yeah. Damon John, yeah, it's a really, really good book. Like, if you're a person who think that you need a lot of money to do stuff it's a book that you should probably get some people don't like reading so you can get audible get it on audible you can listen to it um or you can read it because i know some black people may say well we ain't got the resources for this we ain't got the resources for that this book teaches you how to get things done on a shoestring budget if you ain't got the money you got to leverage other things to get things done uh so it's a really good book as well you know just just this conversation is out just in case someone is inspired by this talk and they're like you know what i want to do something i have an idea um and you're like you don't have the money that's a book to get as well 
that can help you along the way. I want to add a book for you. Yeah. yeah. If you if you if you got the power broke and let's say you want to know how to manifest like energy and like, you know, your situation and, and make it work for you. There's one company that is never really talked about beyond like the entertainment space. And that company is known as CAA, uh, Creative Artist Agency. <laughs> They've represented some of the best and brightest talent in the in the space. Everyone from LeBron James to Steven Spielberg to, uh, I mean, uh, Tom Cruise. Uh, the list goes on. Google CAA. That's not what is what's what's I think is impressive about CAA. <laughs> CAA started by six guys. Six guys. They were broke. They had no money. Like they owed people money, money. Like it was, <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. The only thing they had going for them is they, they skin wasn't dark. Right. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing they had going for them. But they started from rock bottom, built one of the most successful companies in the in, in Hollywood. Right. They would go on to to do a lot of deals for feature films such as Ghostbusters to uh, a lot a lot of everything from like how like Disney would even handle uh, mergers and acquisitions such as like uh, uh, of Pixar and even how um, RCA, which was a is I think that's a Japanese company, um, how they would go on to acquire different or not RCA, but Sony, how Sony would go on to acquire um, Columbia. Like, you know, a Japanese company went and bought a Hollywood studio because of this this agency known as CAA. And it's written. It's called Powerhouse. It's by Mike Ovitz. Uh, I would check it out. And the reason why I check it out is mm-hmm. is it gives you a really raw, very, very unseen viewpoint on what it means to start a business. And I think that, again, going back to the whole concept of what does representation look like, um, you, you want to have examples that you can kind of see yourself in. And CAA is a great example of that. Okay. So the name of the book is Powerhouse, you said? Powerhouse. Yeah, Powerhouse. Okay, yeah. what's, what's the name of the author? Uh, the the name of the author is Michael Ovitz. Okay, and again, if you're not a reader, because some people aren't, Audible is there for that. But guys, yeah, that's that was the podcast. Q, thank you, man, so much, you know, for coming on. Uh, it was a pleasure, man. Like, this was a really, really interesting uh, conversation to have a discussion to have. And guys, look, you can find out more about Q and the work that he does. Check the description. We hope this inspired someone. If you weren't inspired, I was. Q, thank you so much for your time. And again, Q is a growth marketer at Mark Cuban Companies at Dallas Texas venture capital firm, um, among other things, he's done things like he's a co- co-founder, sorry, of Inevitable Human. How do you say this? Q is it twenty three six six? I like that. I like that name, but it's twenty three Vivi. Okay, okay, because it's like, <laughs> I, I thought it was like Roman numeral. Because I'm like, okay, this is like six six. Okay, twenty three Vivi, right? And uh, yeah, yeah, so he's done a lot. He's done a lot in the in that space. So uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for your time, Q. We, we really appreciate it. And guys, remember again in the chat you'll see it. If you're listening to the podcast right now, it is. Um, in the show notes, you'll find a link to Inevitable Humans so you can read more about Q and see the work that he's doing. And guys, thank you so much for your time, for watching. Remember, if you're listening to this in podcast land, uh, we'll catch you again next week. And if you're watching this live on YouTube, hit the like button if you like this. And remember to subscribe for weekly videos on the Black Experience across the globe, as well as our weekly live podcast broadcast right here on the Black Experience Japan's YouTube channel. All right, yeah, right. Good. If people keep saying Jay, Jay is not saying a lot, I know you were really quiet, but I guess it's a subject matter, 
right? Uh, was it? Or? I mean, it's cool. No, 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 no. You know, if I have something to say, I'll speak up. Okay, you're just taking it in. Yeah, and then a lot of things I just really don't know. Okay. And I, I'm so, never going to pretend like I know everything that you guys And it's funny because black people in tech wasn't something that I was really targeting. Mm-hmm. But I think it's something that we need to go deeper in. It's one of those things that uh, it's one of those things in the world that you can that you can get into to really make a difference, like really, really make a difference. Yeah. Like the influence of tech is, I think, you know, we were talking about media as well and just the importance of black people getting into media and to change the narrative and all these things. But I think tech as well is one of those powerhouses is one of those places that we need to, one of those positions that we need to occupy and more people need to get into it just to, to have a balanced view and they take, you know, us into consideration when they're doing things. Right. Yeah, yeah, because sure. it's like, and the thing is, is that that's the thing. Someone's mind doesn't automatically go there. It's almost like when you're thinking about movies, if a person that's a certain color is doing a movie, they don't necessarily think about, Oh, let's just incorporate other people. Yeah. Sometimes they don't even think about that. They just think about, and it's just, a, I guess it's a natural thing. You're just like, okay, well you're doing it. You're doing like, for instance, in, in, in Japan, they're doing like, you know, anime. Most of the characters look like a Japanese person in terms of skin tone because they're the producers of it. Right. right? So it's a thing that just, that's natural. And then when, when diversity comes in or, you know, inclusion and all these things is the people that are outside mm-hmm. who are saying, well, we need to be represented right in that mm-hmm. space. Um, but in America is different because I'm like, it's both black and white people plus other people as well. Yeah. Right. So it's, America is not a white country. If you think about it, like it's like, there's a, yeah. there's a lot of people. So I'm like, stuff like that in, in Hollywood, it's like, huh, that needs to change. But if it's a country that's predominantly like a, um, what, what's the word? Um, homogenous society. Yeah, like, then it's like a little bit more understandable mm-hmm. when, when, you know, it's, it's when you have the representation of the, the people within the populace, the natives that they are, you know, like you see more, more, more of them that's understandable because it's, that's the nature of the country. But if it's somewhere else that's multicultural who has like different people from the beginning, then you, you got to be like, hmm, what's going on? But tech and media are two things that I really think uh, we need to really get deep into. So tech, be inspired, guys. Go out there, go out there and start something. Whatever it is, you have an idea, go out there and start something. Don't be the first person to tell yourself no. You will hear no a lot. Someone said, make no your vitamin. You will hear no a lot, but don't let that stop you. And the good thing is, and the beauty of life is this, right? Um, you are the person with a vision. Sometimes people can't see it. Mm-hmm. And as Les Brown said, it's like it, the vision was given to you. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to share that vision with someone and they can't get it, it's fine. Yeah. Because it wasn't given to them. Right. They can't see it. They don't have your eyes. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if there's something that you want to do, it doesn't matter if they think you're incapable of doing it. You don't, they think you are not the right person for it. They think you don't have the resources for it. Whatever the case is, it doesn't matter because it wasn't given to them. They don't have your eyes. They can't see what you can see, right? So I think it's important that when you're going after something, don't be the first person to tell yourself no. I also believe that don't stand in your own way. You understand? Don't approach a problem with a limitation already in your mind. Yes. You don't just approach the problem with, with, with the mindset that there is a solution to it. Mm-hmm. You just don't know it yet, Yeah. Right. And just like what Q was saying, perseverance um, and just uh, motivation, just maintaining that motivation to continue, I think is a huge thing. Is like once you know that you're not going to give up, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. As long as you continue to press through, eventually you'll you'll get to where you need to be. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, until. Right. Yeah, that, I think that, that, like we, we talked about that before. That's a big, 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 big thing. And this thing 
mm-hmm. um, covers the, the world. It's not a yeah. thing that's just related to black people. No. It's just the human experience overall. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you coming on, taking your time to, to, to listen, to watch this. If you're listening to this in podcast land, I really, really hope you guys receive something of value. And that's the goal, right? Yeah. That's the goal. That's the goal. That's the goal. This is a solution-driven podcast. And if, you know, like, yeah, we're, we're, we're just getting started, right? We're getting started. You know, there's, you know, we're working through things, right? But we're just getting started and we're optimistic and excited for the future. Yes. Right? So if you're watching this live on YouTube, thank you. I know it's late in some of you guys' countries, wherever you are watching, it might be very late. Thank you for staying up for this. We appreciate it. If you're listening to this again in podcast land, thank you so much for listening and, we, and join us again next week at 10 a.m. JST on a Saturday for another live podcast broadcast. Yes. And again, once again, thank you to uh, Q Harris and Terry for um, having a nice discussion with us about just his experience and his knowledge of the tech industry and also those who called in. Thank you so much for participating.